Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your host, Dave Clayton. Hello and thanks for joining us again on He Shoots, He Draws podcast. I just wanted to do a quick introduction and say uh, this week's guest is a UK-based friend of mine, Dan Mumford, who's an amazing artist and such a lovely bloke. Uh, Check out his work. I'll put some show notes, uh, I'll put some links in the show notes for you. Um... This interview actually was due to go out last week, but I decided to do an Adobe Max roundup with my co-host Alan. So this is out a week later. And subsequently, at the end of the interview, we do talk about signing up for Adobe Max and that this will go out during Adobe Max week. So because it's a week later, if you did miss Adobe Max, um, why? Uh, <laughs> if you did, don't worry. All the sessions and classes are all available online for a year, completely free. So don't worry if you missed anything. There is a ton of great content um, from every single app in the Adobe suite. So don't feel you've missed anything. All you need to get to do is to get an Adobe ID. If you haven't already, if you've got Creative Cloud or any Adobe products, you probably have already got an Adobe ID. Just sign in. All the sessions are there. In fact, you might not even need an Adobe ID now. I think you may only needed it at the time. But um, if you do go in, they ask for one. It's completely free. There really are some great sessions. I did a session on Adobe InDesign. Dan also did a session on Photoshop. But there are some great friends. I mean, there were, I think there was something like 24 guests of previous guests of He Shoots, He Draws were actually speakers at Adobe Max. So um, we only bring you the best. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. If you do hear it and think, oh, that's the timing's out, that is purely because uh, this episode went out a week later. Um, Also, coming up on November 9th to the 13th is the Adobe Photoshop Virtual Summit, which I'm also going to be teaching two classes. Uh, There's 20 instructors. There are 40 hours of lessons, 40 hours of Photoshop lessons. It is all completely free during the week. So I think it'll be available for like a 48 hour or 72 hour period. But if you want to be able to download and keep all 40 classes and all the downloads and notes and workbooks and extra content and a few extra bits and pieces that Dave Cross will be announcing throughout the week, you can get all of that as a VIP package for I believe it's just like $99 which is really cheap for a bunch of uh, great Photoshop courses from from some great instructors. So there is a link in the show notes for that. Um, so you can either sign up for free or you can get the VIP package, which is, I think it's like $50 off. I think from the day it starts, it goes up to something like $147 or $197. So thoroughly recommend you get the VIP package early on. Um, But without further ado, I'm going to jump into the episode. Uh, We're going to join Dan for a chat and I will see you next week with Alan. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. And today I've got a guest that we've been planning back and forth over the past three years to chat. I think we were planning to meet up before I even started the podcast. And when I started the podcast, we've just been trying to cross paths at some point and then covid kicked us in the nuts so uh <laughs> that stopped it but welcome dan mumford to the podcast thank you it's great to be here finally <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's definitely been a few years i think since probably since the first time i met you which was at adobe max maybe four? 2016 yeah so four yeah. years ago there you go yeah 
So, yeah, that was oh. my that was my first. Yeah, because I think that was my first one. The first time I met you through Tony Harmer, who says yeah. hello. Yes. Because um, I spoke to him just before we start recording, and then obviously I knew your work. I knew who you were, and it was all. It's it's always nice to see another English person at somewhere <laughs> like Adobe Max that you kind of recognise yeah. the name. Um, but it's been quite. We'll start with Adobe Max then, because sure. obviously that's where we met. Yeah, yeah. So what what was your kind of initial relationship with Adobe that you got that gig was that your first one or had you already done a couple by then i think that was my second one i think i've done i've been to five i think now i it's funny like they do sort of tend to blur together a little bit because you know yeah. they're just sort of big crazy things and you sort of go was that that year or was it the other year but i think i'd been to one before that and um i think that was the first year when i met you that i was properly doing a um like a session that sort of thing um yeah. whereas the year before i was just there doing like some smaller bits like just a couple of tutorials and um oh that's it the first year i was a max insider which is where you're like oh. you know tweeting about it and talking about it all the time um but i yeah that was pretty sort of fresh into me doing a few bits with adobe back then yeah um, yeah just just, just just for the listeners who don't know who you are hmm. just um when someone's meets you in a pub and says oh hi dan what do you do for a living <laughs> what is your stock answer just in case anyone doesn't know who you are actually do you know what my stock answer for okay there's two answers so there's there's, okay. one, there's one when i don't really want to talk about it and that's just uh, <laughs> that's, um... i'm a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> no I, do you know what i just say i'm i'm a designer but, which is not true, yeah. but it's it's way easier and people totally kind of understand that quickly. Whereas if yeah. I was to say, oh, yeah, I, I'm an illustrator and I'm, I design posters and stuff, then you get into this whole sort of like, oh, what sort of thing? And then I say, oh, well, it's movie posters a lot of the time. And then they go, oh, what, do you mean like a movie poster in the cinema? It's like, no, it's not like that. It's more like, and then you just get down this path of like how niche a world it is that I work in and... So, yeah, to stop that, I normally just say I'm a designer. <laughs> but, but I'm not at all. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, do, I do posters, posters, lots of posters. That's it, really. Yeah, I make nice posters with illustration. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that is it. It's, it is a really weird job to describe. It doesn't have a clear-cut sort of description at all. No, because you've almost... Well, you're one of those artists that I think... Uh, when people talk about a style or a look mm. um, it's like when when I interviewed Russell Preston Brown at the mm. end of the interview I mean I know you do work with Russell and we will talk about him but sure. he held up a mask and I I straight away went that's Dan Mumford's artwork yeah, I love that because your reaction I, was amazing <laughs> <laughs> because it's like oh that's my mate I know yeah. he's but it's like you you have you have a cool identifiable style that although like I can tell it's you it's it's not like you know some people like every it's like status quo every song sounds the same sure but with you your artwork doesn't look the same but i can identify the style and i think that's the thing you become one of those artists that mm. um you have it's like the dan mumford look sure kind yeah, of yeah, thing no, I get it. yeah yeah it, it's, and, it, you, i think you can identify the way i create shapes and lines more than yeah whereas in the last like uh five years i've really sort of tried to diversify the actual content a bit more um yeah because you know you repeat yourself quite i i have repeated myself a lot <laughs> but, you know. but i think i think it's only 
you know, I mean, one of the things with like your commissioned work, because I'm going to go all over the place here, because sure. um, <laughs> I've got loads of loads of notes. But like the thing with commissioned work for you is, I guess, like explaining your job mm. is you do get commissioned for some very specific pieces of art. Mm. And when I first wanted to interview you, I wanted the whole interview to be about like a year in the life of Dan Mumford, because I always used to think, like January the 1st, not not that it's, you know, as, as fixed as a calendar like that for you because you have work planned way ahead. Yeah. But it's like from January the 1st to December the 31st. I mean, do you have like any idea of what your year's going to look like or are you very much jobs kind of come in randomly? But then you've also got, OK, I've been asked to do the four Star Wars posters, mm. um, but that could be. That could be a year before, it could be three months before, depending on what you're allowed to know. But then, you yeah. know, you get another great job coming. How do you manage planning your year of work? Because it is so specific. Um, it's, it is tough. Uh, I think the last, five, the last five years I've had quite a sort of yearly routine in that I was going to, uh, I ended up going to Adobe Max every year. And that was always in around September time. Um, I went yeah. to New York Comic Con a couple of times, and that was October and November time. And I would always always go to LA to do a gallery show at 1988, yeah. and that was always in December. So it, it it ended up like my the latter part of my year for about four the last four months of the year was always very much blocked out to be traveling, quite busy, doing like more personal work than client work. Um, and in a way, that meant I would leave January to, like, let's say, August quite free and open. Um, and generally, there is no like set routine. Like, I have clients that I work with on a repeat basis, sort of like maybe once every couple of months we do something together. And that's, you know, for galleries and stuff. Um, but you can't really um, factor in a job coming along where it's like, hey, we need this in two weeks' time and we're going to pay you this much. And you go... I have to do this job. You can't factor that in, you know? Um, no, so, no. you know, it's very flexible. And unfortunately that means things have to get moved around. And luckily most of the time I work with people where the, the deadline's very, very slack. You know, there is generally the deadline sort of like when you can do it, that's great. But yeah, I think the, the, the better jobs I've got in recent times have also had, I've been really lucky. They've had deadlines like, we need it in three months time. So that means I can sort of plan with a little bit of room for maneuvering, if you will. Um, yeah. Like any artist, you've got a three month deadline, so you can plan the two <laughs> days before deadline you're gonna start it. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a list on my computer right now and there's definitely things that were meant to be have done at the start of the year. And I'm sort but you know, but that's my point. Like they're for people where they haven't they haven't chased it because they're not really that bothered the sort of like when it's done it's done which is a re which is really nice to work with people like that sometimes um but it does mean sometimes stuff gets put on the back burner for far too long uh but yeah you just got yeah I, I have to be very flexible and in fact a job came in yesterday where i'm like i don't know that i've got time for that but i'm gonna make it work because i really want to do it you know so i was gonna say that's the thing is like you get when you look at your body of work and see the um like oh i'm trying to think what the word the franchises you work with sure yeah 
is every once in a while you're going to get that one where you might be absolutely rammed but it's a job you really want to be involved in yeah, of course or it's a project yeah. you've never you've never dipped your toes in before and you want to oh i've never done that because I, I think yeah. you were on a live feed once and i asked you a question i, I think it was have you ever I see. You, you've not been involved in sport, I think it was. You've no, done music no, no. and film, yeah. but you've never been involved in sport. And, yeah, yeah. and I get, is that something that just hasn't come across your path because you're so well known for movie and mu- music? I think your answer was, I'm not a sport person, therefore I, yeah. I've, I've not chased it. Well, I mean, that is, that's totally true. And the thing is, I think it's about application of my artwork. And, you know, it has quite a... I'm not sure how you would apply my artwork in the sport world, but if it did come come along, then of course I'd give it a go because, you know, it's the sort of thing that would totally put my work out to an audience that I do not know at all. Mm. I don't really have any interaction with apart from through friends, if you will. Um, And I think in the past I've done a few things. Like I, I did do, I did a few things for Nike, ages ago but it was like it was football emblems sort of in my style and stuff but i don't know i i I just don't know that it's ever really the paths have just not crossed but they very much could one day and i I would happily let them you know yeah because the the reason why i ask is because i know rob jenner is so heavily involved in the sport world and and he's got a very significant you know very um identifiable style and you you both work on devices which we will talk about but um like going back to the artwork i mean like planning for that year is when you get things like concert posters because a lot i mean i've got your website up in front of me and it's just like i every time i see you do a sale it's like oh should i spend some more money <laughs> should i buy the because no, i've got a, i've got, just, I've got your you. <laughs> yeah i know and i've got your i've got your posters hey, behind yes, me ro- they go up in rotation um <laughs> up on, on my wall here so i've always got five posters behind me and i've got That's your amazing. star wars ones in a folder amazing. um but so, some looking at some of the artwork i mean do you is there a percentage with you that it is all commissioned or do you just one day go i just want to do this really cool batman poster i've got an idea <laughs> and then because because one of the things i wanted to ask you about as well was your is the merchandise side which is really a strong thing with you oh you mean is, my, my store you know, and stuff yeah your yeah, store yeah, so yeah. like what the percentage of artwork because you've got commissioned art i mean how much of your stuff is personal projects that you want to be able to sell yourself versus Uh like pearl jam or you know a a franchise that you've been commissioned to do um to be honest with you most of the time it's commissioned stuff um and that's that's because those are the things that come along where they normally and you know i have to be realistic about it they're the things that come along where you'll normally have a fee, a design fee attached to it and the chance of like, <clears throat> let's say 30 to 50 prints from, from, to sell myself, right? Yeah. Um, so, and in that situation you go, okay, well, there's, there's guaranteed money to make it worth my time, if you will. Um, and then there's an amount of prints for me to sell in my store, which is like a bonus amount. And you don't know that those prints are going to sell. Um, so, and that I would say nearly every, nearly every job I do tends to come into that category of a fee and also a bunch of prints, because for me, that, right. that's quite important because 
as you say, my store, I have quite a lot of stuff in there. And I, actually in the last like five, six years, I've really ramped up the store as to be an, a really important part of my, well, of my business cash flow, if you will. Yes. Yeah. You know, especially in a time like right now, that's become invaluable because there's there've been months where, you know, I'm I am working, I'm constantly working, but it's not as much as I used to work, and some invoices might get paid a little bit slower, um, hmm. and you know, all, all the clients I've worked with have been great over the last four or five months, but the store has become important because it's like okay, we got we got the mortgage to pay. Um, let's put more stuff in the store and let's get things going a bit more this month, you know? Um, so yeah, like actual personal work is, it's kind of low on the agenda really. Um, yeah. I wish I'd got to do more personal work. Um, some, when I work with some of the galleries, that's when I get to do stuff that's far more like, Oh, I just want to do this piece of artwork. But that, that, that tends to be pretty much just at the end of the year. Um, and this year, obviously, there's no, there's no Comic Con, there's no going to LA to go to the gallery and stuff. So yeah. we're doing a few bits no concerts, like no concerts, no, yeah, no yeah. Big posters. Um, so we're we're doing a few bits like that where it's stuff that I just want to do, um, but not nowhere near as much as it would have been in the past few years. Um, so yeah yeah well i'll just get depressed now <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no because the stock i mean i was because i follow you on instagram and i you know pay because you're a friend and also i'm an artist is i like i enjoy seeing what you're doing and your yeah. work and i know that you know you have become a collectible artist that when you do a drop with something like you say you've got a limited amount mm. you, you can always see like sold out within minutes or sold out within an hour it's quite often you have that but a lot of people f kind of forget that it's not that's not just like pin money for you you no. you know you've got a mortgage you've got bills i know you've got a studio you've yeah, got yeah. a new studio yeah. is that that passive income side of your business is is just as critical yeah massively. because that gets your artwork out there and you know someone walks in the house and goes oh that's really good i've had people ask because I've had the posters behind me, they've they've either said, "Oh, is that a Dan Mumford?" <laughs> or "Oh, who did that artwork behind you?" And and it is cool stuff. So so when you do like you know, I see you do your mystery tubes and yes. stuff like that. Which... They're they're always so popular. Then you post the photo of like five hundred tubes that you've had to pack <laughs> yourself. <laughs> well, to be fair, my 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 partner Sky, she helps me do a lot of those tubes as well um we, we've had a few late nights where she comes to pack with me um but yeah no it is it's very important actually that's that's one of the things that like if anyone asks me for advice i always say try and sell your artwork as well in some capacity because you can't you know you can't rely on clients to pay on time all the time you can't rely on that no. job coming especially if you're freelance and yeah, it took a long time to build up, but I I now have a steady sort of flow of sales coming through the store. Um, you know, I mean, some weeks there'll be just one or two, but that's because I'm not pushing it. But when, mm. when I do push it, it tends to be pretty good. Um, and not everything sells out. Like, you know, the really popular things like Pearl Jam and Iron Maiden, those sort of things, you know, they sell out very quickly. But then some of the other stuff just sort of, it just slowly, passively sells. So it might be 50 prints sell over 
like a year, but that's 50 prints that sold and is income, you know, and yeah. that that's imp- it's important to have that just rolling over. And also like it's at the point where my store has a lot of stuff in it now. So though, you know, if you think about it, everything sort of slowly selling at its own rate, if you will. Um, yeah. And- which is a nice thing to have. Of course. Because it's yeah. a, like you say, it's a stream of income rather yeah. than high spike and a, and a drop and yeah. a high spike and a drop. Yeah. So that, I, I found that's really important. And like that's anyone starting out always, always have a little store of some sort, you know, to have just a few bits going out when you can always helps. Definitely. Yeah. And, and be prepared for that one thing that you make that you don't anticipate being so successful. Yeah. Totally. And you're up, you know, late night packing. Cause yeah, yeah. I, it was, in fact, it was two years ago this week. Uh, I was out in Portland um, I went to Portland before I went to Adobe Max in LA and I and I went and stayed with Aaron Draplin and he had a second house built in his garden <laughs> because he was he was in a he was in a studio um I think like half an hour drive away which is the studio that everyone always saw him photographed yeah. in where he had his big bookshelf and then he realized like the expense of traveling and all that and he he actually he's, he's actually got a second house built in his garden which is his studio yeah. His kind of warehouse, he, he works in there. He's got a bedroom upstairs for his mum. Like so many people don't realise, even with him, him and Lee pack all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. They pick and pack it. He relies on, I mean, he is the merch king when yeah. it comes to that. He's absolutely nailed it. But I think a lot of people don't realise that artists like yourself are doing all of that yeah. work. Well, you know, if you have a successful night. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, you, it, it can, it becomes actually a little bit of a, not, uh, what's the word? It becomes a little bit stressful <laughs> sometimes. Like that <laughs> right. Firstly, the beauty of America, where there's so much space, you can build a second home in oh, your I garden. Know. Um, <laughs> and um, oh, God, what a dream that is. But um, but yeah, no, it is when there's um, there's been a few runs of stuff. I think the craziest one I did was a poster for Pearl Jam, and I and anything Pearl Jam related sells out instantly it's just really it's so quick um they have a very sort of a very faithful fan base if you will um <laughs> i was gonna say is that a pearl jam fan base or is that a dumb mumford fan base nah, it's, it's it's the pearl jam fan base and i'm okay, okay. i'm okay with that like you know because it's it, they are they're a nice 99.9 percent of them are a nice fan base you get <laughs> you get the occasional person who's very angry that they missed out on a poster um yeah. but but me and sky we were sort of faced with this situation where um she was sort of she, she took basically like most of a week off to come and help me because we had 400 posters to pack um wow and it was that's that's not just like the packing process it's more like you got to you got to pack you got to do all the customs you got to tape everything up you then got to take them all to the post office or whatever however you do it like it's not a quick process you know um, no, and you know uh, it, it's it's it, I'm not complaining about it. It's just it, it's it's actually a large part of your time and the process, and that um, it's not just like you've sold it now send it to me. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's a big part yeah, yeah. between there. Um, but no, it's it's a part of the job that I actually really like now, and I I like doing sales and and getting stuff out to people, and you know the. I, <laughs> I have a, I have quite a good story actually about someone owning a print 
um, I was on a stag do in Amsterdam and we were staying in an Airbnb and um, the guy that was sort of who owned the building, he he was just sort of chatting to us one day and I'm there with like 10 other guys. And then one of them said, oh, yeah, no, he, he's nice. Do, do you want to see his work? Oh, he's done stuff like Star Wars and stuff like that. And he goes, oh, let me see. Let me see. And then we showed it to him and he went, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know this work. Yeah, I have that. I have that poster. I have that Star Wars one. It's in my toilet. I look at it every day when I'm on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, okay. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so, that's it. You, that's the moment you clench your fist like that kid in that meme and go, "Yes, yeah, I've made I it." I know exactly. That was that's the highlight so far. Um, but because you actually made. Yeah. Oh, go on. No, as you can say, it's weird. It's weird, like sort of where you your artwork ends up. Like, you, how did that happen? Who knows. <laughs> Yeah, because when you've got a fan, like, because that's what what I was going to say to you is when you've got such specific and very loyal fan bases like the DC universe or Star Wars <laughs> or or music is, I've once I started work at Astute, something I had to start <laughs> to look into more was poster art <laughs> because that's where a lot of illustrators were, and obviously started to know aaron and dan styles and delicious design league and all of those that there was a market that were using illustrator that were doing um, band posters and it just seemed like okay well dave matthews band obviously likes artists because mm. it's like every artist has done a da uh, dave matthews every artist has done a decemberists mm. and there seemed to be oh okay so um i think like bell and sebastian that there seem to be bands that kind of adopted the art world yeah. as a yeah this is this is an extra thing we can do and and they become collectible prints mm -hmm. and I, I never really kind of put the two together that um a music fan would have a love of like a very specifically designed piece of artwork yeah but when you look at the artists that have done it that you know that um another one is the monkeys uh arctic monkeys <laughs> <laughs> you know that a lot of artists have worked with them as well and it's once you make something collectible mm. you know i even though i know you and i could just ring you up and say dan could you do us a solid i still save my star wars tickets and i still went to my <laughs> cinema every sunday morning <laughs> to yeah. get my to get my poster and i could go in and say oh, have you got the poster and when the lady came out every single time i'd say i know him <laughs> he's a mate of mine <laughs> i got such a thrill out of it oh, but they are they are still like loyal fan bases and i know you said like 99.9% .9 of yeah. pearl jam are good do you do you get di that direct feedback much when you've done a piece of art for a franchise like that hmm. um sometimes i you know there's there's a sort of a mixture between people that really just want the poster because it's associated with that band or whatever yeah um, and then you you definitely get some <clears throat> some people who are like this is this perfectly captures that moment or the mood of the music or 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 that that night that gig you know um and i think it's it's a bit of a mix there there are definitely some people that you know there's even just some people that want it because of the value that's associated with it because that mm. po that poster at that show for that band is going to be worth a few hundred quid in a few weeks you know like there's a lot of that stuff going around with poster collecting and that it's that's not just like the whole Mondo poster scene. It's also the gig. Yeah, poster I was going to say about them. Yeah, it's 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 rampant. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and you know, th there's a lot of whenever I sell stuff, there are there'll be a lot of people who are like, oh, 
these prints are just going to end up on eBay, you know, like you should make sure that only the true fans get them. And it's like, well, I, it's kind of impossible to know who the true fans are, you know, um, but you, you can't do too much about it, to be honest. No, I mean, you're hired to do the work. Yeah. You do the work. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't you can't manage where it ends up. And, no. And, and especially with something like Mondo. And if anyone listening doesn't know what Mondo is, it's this huge um, kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but basically they do limited art prints. They work with a lot of highly well-respected artists. There are a lot of artists whose, when they produce a piece of artwork, it becomes very sought mm. after. Um, done in limited runs and there's pre-orders and you know you have people sitting there at 5 a.m with bots running and then like five minutes later they've just bought an ollie moss poster or something for for 50 dollars and half an hour later it's on ebay for 300 dollars and it gets flipped it's a it's a whole mess that (laughs) goes on forever and ever and I don't know that anyone has any solution for that sort of stuff, really. <laughs> no. um, but the internet sure likes to complain about it all the time. So, you know. oh, I know. Don't just. I was well. Let's get let's move on to um, social media. <laughs> so, with with the feedback that you get from the work that you do, what's this, this is something we ask a lot of the artists and photographers is what's your relationship with social media in in terms of promotion like how much of social media kind of do you rely on a little bit maybe because you're a hashtagged person (laughs) (laughs) um you're famous yeah yeah. hashtag Dan Mumford yeah yeah Um, well social media is very important actually like it, it sort of became it's become more and more important the further I've gone on in my career um so uh my uh, my partner, well, my fiance Sky, we we've been together about thirteen years, something like that now. And I think one of the first things she got me to do in like the first year we were together was have a Facebook page. Okay, <laughs> like as a as an artist. I thought you were going right? to say MySpace then. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I already had a MySpace page. So did I. Um, but she she was like she was really insistent she was like no no you really need to have an artist's facebook page mm. and i was like okay fine and she set it up for me if i remember correctly and that now has like ninety seven thousand followers on it so it was a good idea i do agree yeah <laughs> um but to, but facebook as facebook as a social media platform is kind of it's kind of dead to me because it just doesn't work. There's too much nonsense going on. There's too much advertising. If I go out of my way to post something on Facebook, it gets literally zero reach. You know, we'll get maybe like 10 likes if, but what I actually do is I use Instagram as my main social media platform doing very well there. And I tend to have a good reach there. So that's really important for me whenever I've got stuff going in the store. Um, You know, I'm not in it for, just getting loads of likes. I'm in it to use it as a tool Absolutely, to get yeah. people to, to, to buy artwork, essentially. And I, I find that works really well f- for myself. I know it doesn't for others. I know the algorithm, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's, it, it is a mess and it does, they, they do sort of manipulate you into doing certain things like paying for, to push your posts and stuff. But what I've done actually is I have it that, my Instagram automatically goes to Twitter and to my Facebook. Same for me, yeah. 
And and what that means is a lot of the time I will sort of look at Facebook a couple of days after posting something on Instagram. And actually there's a post there that's got like a hundred comments. So I just let Facebook do its thing. I let it naturally do its thing. And sometimes randomly a post will do really well and that's great. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it's important if you want to sell stuff, it's important to have a presence online. There's no, there's no getting away from that. I don't think you can be an artist comfortably and, and not have an Instagram profile, if that makes sense. No, I, it does. I don't, I think you. I think you need something. I yeah. agree. I think it's uh, the the amount of conversations I have about it with artists is. It's like, look, if you want to go on social media and pick fights and argue, there's a place for you. Um, mm. But if you want that kind of brand continuation, that con that that kind of people, you're going to come up in their feed. Like I see all your stuff come up. I, I and if if not, I go and look for you anyway. I see what my fa- my friends are doing. Instagram is my go-to like that's where i go and look at what's happening i go and watch some of the live feeds i you know i look at people's posts and see what they're doing it pisses me off that instagram won't allow you to have links in the comments i think oh it's insane it's one of the most insane things ever. yeah and you can't so i don't know if it's a good thing or bad it's it's a bad thing you can't have links because you always link in bio and you have to keep changing that Mm. damn thing um and the same way you can't share someone's instagram post yeah well you you can wait how can you do it i think because there's an app isn't there repost or something no no as in i i can oh no that's repost what am i thinking of because sometimes stories profiles have stories you you can can, put stuff in stories yeah yeah yeah. you can share in stories but you have to have a certain amount of people and to be able to have that swipe up kind of thing yes the the thing the thing with instagram is the way they sort of lock off certain tools to certain people mm. and it's like oh you've hit 10,000 likes or follows whatever now you can do this yeah or now you can do this and uh so you know you have the situation where i'm sort of comparing with, with others who it's like well you can't do this thing or oh, i could do this and then some people can link items like so you tap on the page and it goes to a store and it's like oh, it's, it's so confusing when it doesn't need to be and it's yeah, it's all done very in a very particular way for very particular reasons. Yeah, mainly so that so, so that you stay on the Instagram app. That's the main reason, isn't it? So yeah, you know, I think it. I think Instagram's definitely that where I go to look for artists. Um, yeah, I, I, it's I, because because it's because it's a visual medium. You're literally just your eyes are literally just taking in artwork or photography of some sort. Yeah, you know. Whereas Facebook or Twitter in particular just like walls of text you know yeah so i spoke to um I interviewed jesus ramirez who is often at adobe max with us yeah and because i he had adopted tiktok and i was chatting to him right. about how have you found that because he said like he missed instagram very early on um and youtube's his thing but he said like he's got three hundred and fifty thousand followers on tiktok and he said i make no <laughs> he goes i make no money from it but I've got 350,000 people who now see my content that maybe didn't before and didn't know I existed. So yeah. I show them Photoshop tips that are kind of beginner to intermediate because it gets them to come to my channel and then look at more mm. of my work there. So he said, I see it as a stepping stone. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I know it works. They're, they're like just, are they just like really super quick tips then? One minute. Yeah. He, he's yeah. he's learned, yeah. but he, he kind of, 
takes something he's already done and just remakes it for that platform yeah. but he said you know you need you need the social media as much as you hate a lot of the crap that goes on it's definitely yeah. definitely it's all you need yeah no definitely I, I think I mean TikTok's one that I I cannot get on board with and I don't I don't think there's any need for me to get on board with no no I, I I do sort of wonder if that will go the way of Vine in the next year or so do you know what I mean like I'm not I know it's I know it's absolutely huge but it has a limited capacity. You can only you, you can know only I mean? watch so many people doing the same thing all the time. It's a very it's a very yeah. narcissistic, repetitive place. Like if someone starts a trend, I, I mean, from a social point of view, like we were talking about you being kind of hashtag famous that people do <laughs> hashtag you. Um, but I just find on that side of it is like you say, it's it's popular at the moment. I think it's definitely the app, the app of COVID um, because yeah. people are at home and you go on and there's, you know, everyone's doing the same dance. Everyone's lip syncing. Everyone's churning out the same content. But what I find weird as well, which is something I think you've done really well is, and I, and I don't do it at all, is that whole need to be live like to broadcast everything you do i'm cooking i'm walking i'm drinking i'm uh, you know i i am i'm just taking the dog for a walk and i just had a thought it's like everyone thinks they're a tv personality and i've yeah. seen you do interviews but i think you're definitely your art speaks for you rather than you having to be yeah speaking i think I, th I think quite quite quickly i decided that if i'm going to have social media it's not going to be about me it's yeah. not going to be like hey here i am hanging out blah 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 i mean sometimes i do that stuff when i'm at something like adobe max yeah um you know i will i will put up tons of stories about the experience but that's because i want to share that stuff with yeah the stories are um, good definitely yeah like, like i i've made sort of like that a big a big thing every year when i've gone to a convention that i like doing that stuff um, but I, you know, I, I don't think people need to know much about <laughs> about my life in particular, really. I'm the same. Um, I've got a face for radio. So... I don't need to be <laughs> or a face for braille. I, 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 I can see your face right now. It's lovely, Dave. Oh yeah, your face. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why I like this audio only format. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Stick to Twitter then. Um... Yeah. <laughs> uh no it, it's yeah i am um, i i like to just do the artwork side of stuff i think um and i i will probably i might in the future do more stuff where i am actually on camera if you will yeah. but it will be when it's work related it'll yeah. be like hey let's do this today and actually in the coming coming months i think i'm gonna do a few sort of like um going through the studio like going through my archives and just showing people stuff that i've collected i was, over the years. I was things like that i might yeah do. i was just gonna yeah. say that like behind this like behind the scenes yeah. is really cool stuff because i've been chatting to yeah. uh dustin at retro supply and saying like people yeah. love the packs you do but show them the story of the pack like where did where did the idea come from and like with you even just yeah. even just a little instagram of you packing and like you know there's another stuff going out but a tour of the studio yeah. that's interesting stuff i like i yeah. like that speaking of your studio then what a great segue you did that for me <laughs> <laughs> you uh last year move 2019 you moved from old place to a new place what yeah. was the background with that 
So let's see. So it was, I guess it was January last year. It was early on because we were supposed to meet up and you were then you were moving studio and it was like damn. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Because I basically I've been in the studio for well, it will be two years in January, February, I think. Um, And I used to be in a studio with loads of people. I was in a studio with about twenty five people. It was a beautiful old warehouse building in uh, in Dalston, and unfortunately the you know, they decided they wanted to renovate it, the owners, and our beautiful studio is currently sort of halfway through being redone into a more beautiful studio <laughs> that will be way more expensive. Um, and it's this it's this sort of this street in uh, De Beauvoir town in Dalston that is it's a it's quite a wealthy part of Dalston, um, with these big warehouses that they've slowly renovated and we were we were like the last warehouse left they, <laughs> they'd read they'd redone all of them except for this one um and now they've done that and so they've turned it into this like huge mega street of studios um and it's really nice like it is really nice there but it's the sort of thing where you we couldn't have kept a space on there for 30 people uh, sorry 25 people hmm. uh and had the same amount of space so we would have sort of been reduced down to just a desk, whereas before we all had like, I don't know, the equivalent of like four desks. If right, you yeah. So we had to move, and I'm now in, I'm still in Dalston, um, but with just two other people from that studio. Um, I, I actually ended up with bigger space. I'm in paying more money, but I sort of decided it was the time to sort of, with the store side of stuff and the packing and, doing all the mail order i decided i needed like a dedicated area for that um and this won't be any good for people on audio but dave can probably see behind me i've yeah. got this this the sort of that's like my workbench area and i've got all the craft paper and stuff and everything so which is good because before i just sort of had to do it on a random table somewhere and it wasn't very comfortable yeah um, but that's it you're a growing when, artist you you know when you think it's, about it's the business yeah, yeah, yeah where you start you're running a business and you it's okay it's nice to be in that kind of shared environment but then yeah it can also be a distraction and and yeah. you get to the point where you want like we were just talking i think we were talking off air about working from home versus mm-hmm. working from a studio space is yeah i would I would much rather have this space I've got here for my personal stuff, like my teaching yeah. and writing. I'd, yeah. I'd, I wish I could go to a place for my nine to five and work because I'd feel like I was in an office environment because then you don't suffer from the can you justs, put the washing yeah. out, stick this yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, well, actually, like um, in so lo- when lockdown happened, I was staying with. Um, my partner Sky and her mum outside of London. So what had happened is we were buying a flat and the purchase of the flat went through in February, I think. Right. And we were like, okay, well, let's get, get," which is great because I'm glad that that went through considering what was about to happen. Um, So that happened. And then, you know, we were getting a bit of decorating done in it before we were going to move in. Then, of course, massive lockdown happened and we were like okay so i guess we're not moving into the flat we've just bought um so we we spent like an extra four months uh living with her mum 
and I was sort of working on the dining room table, not even in my own house. You oh know? no! Like I, I had my iMac and Cintiq <laughs> set up on the table, and it was it was just it was I mean it was totally fine, but um, we'd already been living there for quite a few months, so it just became an extended sort of lockdown coronavirus <laughs> day. Yeah. So so when when we finally did move back to London, which was only June this year, um, that was that was quite nice. Like got back to the studio, got all this space again. Um, just, it means that there is that separation in the day. Um, like I can walk to the studio. So it's quite a safe, comfortable thing to do. You know, it's like a half hour walk. Yeah. And then I'm in the studio and I'm just on my own um, with, with one of the other guys who's here at the moment, uh, Tom Gould. And um, the other, the other guy, John, he's not really, he's not really been here. I don't think he feels. I don't, I don't know. He'll be back soon, I'm sure. But you know, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's just weird times, isn't it? I like, know. It's like that, can't, can't. I'm adapt. I'm sort of half back to normal, but not quite there. You know. Yeah, but, it's like adapt and survive. But you you kind of get yeah. to that point where in the beginning it's a complete unknown. Now we're now we're all finding our feet in our own situation. Like in the beginning, mm. I never left the house. I don't necessarily Same, leave the yeah. house because I want to but I'm more aware of my surroundings and what I'm doing. And and in all honesty, I think we all had it because my son yeah. works at the hospital. He had a positive test. Right. He's at home. We're all drinking out the same cups and glasses and eating. And the fact how contagious it was, yeah. he, he said to us, you probably had it when I had it. Um, and you kind of think, probably, yeah. oh, okay. And then I, I did a test and it came back negative. And he said, oh, it's too far. It's too far after yeah. you had it for the test to show anything. The antibodies have passed through. But then, then you kind of have this weird sort of, well, am I invincible? Can I go out? <laughs> have I, have like now, now, now yeah. I've been it, and and I've got veinites. You know, is this going to protect me? Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. very weird because at the beginning of the year, when when it all kicked off, and um, yeah, I'll go to Creative South. This will be fine. I'll be okay. I won't get it. And then they cancelled it. I was still kind of eyeing up Designer Con in November. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. uh, well, maybe if this kind of clears up and we're allowed back in the country, and the you know the flights aren't full, and I know not to touch stuff. I know not to touch my face. Wear a mask. But then I thought, who's going to want to run an event? where the whole thing of it is picking stuff up and looking at it and putting it right, down again. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. No. So it kind of, it deflated me that, that like we, again, we were talking off air about the events thing. It's yeah. kind of, oh, it's really hard to see how we can resurrect that next year, but I hope we I can. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. We can fully, I, I, I don't think you're going to see an Adobe Max with 15,000 people in no. a conference center. I don't know that you can, um, unless there is a vaccine, unless there is a vaccine that is a guaranteed hit and it is easily accessible to everyone, in which case, yeah, probably it'd be fine. That's, that's the annoying thing about all of this, is realistically, we can all have the lives we once had back. <laughs> It just takes a miracle wonder drug that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's easy. It's easy. Just go on with it, guys. Come on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to change the subject completely. Last thing. Go just... on. Yeah. So, you... <laughs> so obviously, you, you were living uh, living at 
Sky's parents, and you were saying about yeah. having your Cintiq set up. Now you've got a very specific setup for your work. You're yeah. not, you don't just sit and work at a, a MacBook Air 13 inch and get done what you've done. You've you need some very specific equipment, and mm-hmm. you've been a Cintiq user. You've been a Wacom Cintiq artist. That's been your tool of the trade. Mm-hmm. Have you kind of? been tempted of your head as your head been turned by anything else that's come along because obviously the ipad pros come out and you've got procreate and you've got these other tools mm. we got fo- you know photoshop on the ipad now we've got illustrator coming out at adobe max or mm. have you kind of tried not to be distracted by these new mediums um i think i so i have uh i've used the ipad on and off for the last five, six years. Um, and to be honest with you, the iPad gets used when I'm traveling or when I don't have access to the Cintiq. Um, but the, the Cintiq, what is it? Cintiq 22 HD, that's what I've got beside me. That has been my main tool for the last eight years, I think. Only recently upgraded to the brand, the sort of the newer Cintiq model. Um, I, th- I, was, I was saying to you, I have it behind me <laughs> yeah. in a box. I sort of I don't want to break my workflow, so I haven't got it out to to set it up. But that will be like my Christmas project, probably. Um, but the the iPad sort of has has fitted it's slotted in nicely as a way to do work when I'm traveling. Um, and what I tend to do is I'll do stuff there, normally in Adobe Draw, which is one of the more limited apps. But I find it's also weird because it's vector based. I was going to say, and I work in Photoshop. But the, the reason is because Adobe Draw, it has a nice, smooth quality to it when drawing. And my line work is all about being nice and smooth. Um, and I, I just find I, find, I find Illustrator very hard to work with. And I've never enjoyed working with Illustrator. So, like, I can't really explain it, but Adobe Draw pairs really well with my style that I do in Photoshop, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it, so I, I do that sometimes, but generally for me, it's all about Photoshop and the Cintiq. Um, and it's because my, my work kind of just boils down to making to, to making lines, essentially. Lines and sort of uh, blocks of color and stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's an analog way of thinking, but in a digital space, if you will. I, I totally get that because when I, I've always used Photoshop, or PaintShop mm. Pro before I got my hands on Photoshop. But pushing pixels, there's something more free about working mm. like that. And then when I joined Astute and then had to get my head back into the world of Illustrator, I soon soon noticed a very specific way of working in mm. the in the way that vector is so different to pixels and colour and style. And we said like poster yeah. designers are limited i learned then that some artists have to design limited by the output of their art so if it's mm. going through a screen they can only have so small half tone or or lines sure, being yeah. so thin and it is different it is a completely different way of working because it, mm. it it is a an existing line that isn't as doesn't give you the freedom that pixels do um, and, yeah. um, and we're discussing Aaron Blaze, who's a similar kind of, you know, he's a Photoshop artist, um, very much relies on the Cintiq and finds it so easy to use. And like with your work and his work, it's not just about draw. I know you said like, oh, I just draw lines and throw some color in. <laughs> um, 
but it's about light you know it's there's more to it there's light there's yeah. color the way you want to change the color you've got more control over that kind of stuff and i think oh, yeah if anybody you know is like absolutely been able to push photoshop to a creative like the photography side you can change faces and retouch all day long i don't care about that <laughs> I, I i do love the artist side of it and i think you definitely have found a way to not only push photoshop kind of to its limit but also you you don't like need 50 brushes and and loads of extras you've you've been very much no. a fa famously one brush and a color and a <laughs> yeah. color palette i mean it, yeah. what's in your head is what's coming out through your arms but you don't need yeah, no, that... bells and whistles no no it's all it's always been about having uh, about trying to emulate how I started out drawing. And that was with black pens on a piece of paper, a piece of layout paper, which I would actually then draw another layer on top. So I would kind of do the screen print process in layout paper. Yeah. And then I would put the stencils on the screens to screen print. That was like my introduction. Well, that was just like how I started making artwork really like properly. And then I sort of realized that that process I could just emulate on Photoshop. And then it got to the point where I was just like, okay, this is just how I make artwork now, you know, like just in layers. Cause my artwork's all about layers, layers of color. Mm. Um, I don't really, uh, it like nearly everything I do always breaks down into something that could be made into a screen print, if you will. Yeah. Uh, like it's sort of, it's sort of like ready made to be a screen print. Um, of course there are times when I, throw that out the window and I do lots of like, I, I do do some stuff like, you know, uh, transparency effects and things that wouldn't necessarily be screen printed, but I do create everything with just the, the default brush that's in Photoshop, just the round end brush <laughs> with the sen with sensitivity turned on. That's all I need. Like, um, I don't really, I don't know. It just works for me. I, th I think a lot of people sort of say, Oh, it's just, that's, that's not very not a very nice brush feel to it, but I was like, well, it just creates nice clean lines, so that works. Yeah, if if, if it does what you I, want it to do, yeah, why, exactly, why yeah. fuss with it? I mean, I do, I do have some, um, I do have a few texture brushes, like very light light texture ones that I I've actually started to to use them a little bit now, um, but that's just sort of to give a slight different variation, but nearly everything's done in the same way and I, yeah. I think you can tell that and i think that's why when you look at a piece of artwork you know that i've done it because it's got the same the same line work the same sort of feeling and texture throughout it that i would normally have yeah and creatively that's how your brain's your brain is working like i know how i work with indesign and with photoshop i know when i've got a plan a piece of work my brain's kind of tuned into the software and the tools that i use whereas if you start becoming that Oh, and this week Dan Mumford's going to be showing twenty new Carl Webster brushes. In his, that's yeah. not you. That's like that's no. that becomes a marketing tool rather than a Dan Mumford piece of artwork. And I know, you know, again with your art, with your art, last year at Adobe Max was a really cool moment because I think I videoed it and sent it to you because um, was it was it Adobe Max? I oh, was at an event that you weren't at. And I remember they showed the augmented reality stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. was really cool because they took your artwork yeah. and took the layers and and then did the augmented. Yeah, that was, and that crazy. was so cool. That was was that last 
Uh, that wasn't last year. I think that was the year before. Or maybe yeah, it, must it was Mac. You haven't missed a Max, but I think I went to another Adobe event, maybe one up London or something, they, they, and they, they showed it there. They were using it for a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I mean, that was a crazy project. That was, do you know, what? that was like the that was the busiest. That was 2018, I think. And yeah. I was trying to fit that stuff in all around other stuff, and it, that was weird because the 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 AR stuff that I did for them, for that, um, it's not what you would expect from me expect me to do. But realistically, it worked really well, and I was so happy with it. Um, and obviously, you know, was, that was my big stage moment. Yeah, <laughs> I was on the I was on I was on the big stage at Adobe Max, which was pretty amazing, actually. Um, not not in person, but you know, maybe in five years. No, time, I, I mean, I was thrilled because it's like I remember that the first year we actually got astute graphics on stage on the screen. It was yeah. just it was just our logo. But when you think we've been 16, no, 14 years we've been doing plugins for Illustrator and the first time we actually get acknowledged on stage at Max was because mm. we made a plugin for XD and mm. we were one that's of the, crazy. and it's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> we, we make great <laughs> stuff and we get, that's all we get. But yeah. no, it's, it's a thrill. It's always a thrill for me when I see people who are friends that I, I love yeah, them same. and their artwork yeah, yeah. is to sit there and go, oh, cool, that's Dan Mumford. And then you get your phone yeah. out and record it because it is cool being part of that ecosystem as well. But Yeah, uh, and I, the, I'd, I'd say that Adobe's actually sort of cultivated quite a nice group of artists as well in the past few years. Like, it's always a real, really nice thing to go along and meet up with people who I've met from various different things and they they're they seem to be you know quite quite on it with working with people that are doing different things you know yes they're definitely. not they're not stuck in one mindset at all um and that's it's just been quite refreshing to be honest and it's just quite different to everything else i do and the the sort of stuff i do most of the time in posters and things so yeah it's, yeah. it's really good yeah and, and the collaboration stuff's nice as well of you course do get to yeah meet other artists also it's amazing yeah do you get it. do you get much kind of because obviously photoshop um i started photoshop 5 5.5 and i'd come from paint shop pro and obviously the, like the evolution of photoshop has come on to almost you you know barely recognizable um have you have you found that like what have you found as a benefit of that um because you've got a very structured way of working have they introduced anything over the last sort of two three four years that has made your life easier in photoshop or do you just find layers brush color <laughs> and they yeah, go damn I'll what be, can uh, we add for you <laughs> adobe sensei honest. can copy it <laughs> yeah yeah sure um no there's not really been much actually not in a bad way like they've added great stuff um I think some of the stuff maybe they've added has been a little bit more useful when I'm like doing sort of pre-composition work, um, maybe like looking at reference stuff, trying to pull a few different references together and things um, like the autofill stuff. Like maybe I'd be like, oh, I've taken this photo of a nice field, but I want to put these trees over there or something. You know, some of that stuff's quite good. Yeah. But but actually, like, you know, I'm using Photoshop on quite a basic level. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not using its full potential at all. Um, but that's fine. Like, I mean, I do certainly push it to its limit with the amount of layers sometimes. Like, if I'm working on something and it's in CMYK and 
I've got like transparencies going on in there. Um, some of the stuff that I do that is purely digi for digital, I go, I can go quite crazy with it now. Um, and that stuff, and my computer is only a year old. It's a really souped up one. And that, that does push it to its limit sometimes. Um, but that's because I'm working at them on like gigantic yeah, canvases. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you never know when they're going to want to put it on the side of a bus. Okay. It could be any time. Yeah. Or hanging um, from a building in LA by Adobe Max. Exactly. Where they those yeah, massive... exactly. So you, you don't know. So, uh, I mean, obviously that is one of the benefits of working in Illustrator. I know. I understand that. <laughs> but, I, but I do not like working in Illustrator. So... Uh, I'll stick with Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. I think I think a good art, some, something I've seen with artists is if you know a, a great artist can pick up any pencil and any piece of paper and draw something amazing. You know that whole joke about you must have a nice camera or you must have a nice stylus, you must have a sure. nice antique. Yeah. <laughs> but if you know if you can create what you can create in CS4, mm. it, that's that's just the qualification of the artist. And and I'm not mm. going to name the studio because it would be unfair. But I got chatting to somebody who worked for an immensely famous studio uh, in America, like very renowned. And I tried to get them to use uh, Stute Graphics. And I said, you know, it works with, with this and you, I'll, I'll sort you out with the team because the work you're doing, you know, everybody, everybody reveres you. Um, the guy came back and said, we're still only using CS 5.5. They hadn't wow. even gone to Creative Cloud. And, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I was like, How's, how? And he said, well, because everything we do is just we need the pen tool. And yeah, I mean, that's it, yeah. Yeah, we don't need all the, all the new stuff. We, we can all no. do what we do with CS 5.5. And so, okay, fine, you know, I can't criticise yeah. your work. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I think... Um, I imagine there will be a point where the technology will sort of go beyond what I'm doing quite a bit. Um, I mean, I mean to be fair, the, the the changes that are implemented are very much incremental. They're, they're, they're not big anymore. I think the biggest thing they did was when they changed the history in Photoshop. So it was like Apple Z and you could go back forever. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, it just... It just yeah, flipped just, between the two. Yeah. And then that, and hold shift transform. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are those are the big changes where I've been like, oh, I wish you hadn't done this. Okay. Um, but like, they did go back on that. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, like, I don't think there's been anything massive that I've sort of missed out on. And I don't know that, you know, I'm not sure there'll be some sort of huge jump. It's sort of like, I guess the next jump for me would be, I don't know, create work in VR, <laughs> like yeah. some sort of virtual reality thing. Um <laughs> Like so, you know, I'll probably continue to work in the way I do, and I think the, I think the hardware will get better for me. I think I'll, I think you know, I'll be continuously upgrading to whatever the best Cintiq and iMac is because that I'm just a person that's interested in that stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so I always like to have like the shiniest things if I can. Don't we? Um, all? <laughs> yeah, but in terms of you know, yeah, in terms of Photoshop, I'll just sort of. I'll stick with what I got and I'm on creative cloud. So, you know, I get the updates anyway. Yeah. Um, but I could still be using Photoshop from a few years ago. Pretty comfortably. I think. Yeah. I think like anything you, you need to learn, you need to learn how the tool works to know yeah. how to get the best out of it anyway. Yeah. 
and and if all else fails if creative cloud just like dropped tomorrow you know you could continue working in cs4 anyway you you yes you can yeah. carry on it's fine <laughs> I can, yeah, oh yeah totally do you know what i had a real creative cloud issue the other day so i've got it so um my i've i had it on we had we we had it on two laptops at home um and my computer in the studio and i signed uh you know how you can do that so you can have it on three devices but only signed in on two i think two yeah um so i signed out of one but then the imac and the studio wouldn't let me sign on to a new one i was like hang on what what's happening here how do i get around this and i could not get around it for about two hours so i just couldn't sign in to creative cloud and i couldn't use photoshop and i was like that is a weird must be a weird bug or something or like something wrong with the servers it did get me sort of thinking, huh, okay, like if Adobe's, if something went wrong with Adobe Sensei and he decided to turn against us, um, <laughs> like he could lock everyone out of, 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 of Photoshop. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your work's weird, not was, good enough. I'm locking you yeah. out. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a really weird moment where I was like, oh, there's, there's no way for me to get into Photoshop right now. And that's because I'm on the internet and because this is locked to that creative cloud account so that was yeah. um, a little bit worrying but i mean it, it worked in the end so it's fine yeah no i mean i, <laughs> and then, I, I for, then i forgot about it yeah i know that it's, it's it's our designer first world problems i know when it first yeah. when it first like switched over and and i've always been a big supporter of the of the path they took with it because mm. i just felt you, you know like we said look at how many creative people there are now how look how you you only got to go on behance you've only got to go to adobe max you look at all the video content coming out from max at the moment is that's i think that's happening because the creative cloud gave everyone more tools more readily available they've learned more skills they're now kind of cross-platform stuff you've got Mm. people who work in photoshop and premiere pro and animate and i think it's definitely made a bigger group of of people but the, uh, but yeah. then when you look at the negatives and i won't i'm not going to bash it though because they've given me a living for forever but i do I, I know one horror story very early on um there was an artist who was okay i'm flying out to america i've got a 13 hour flight got my laptop i'm gonna get some work done and it was like the day that the adobe thing goes uh, oh, you need to re-log in. And he's yeah, 30,000 yeah. feet in the air with no Wi-Fi. Oh <laughs> Couldn't do anything for 13 that's hours. That's horrific. But, um, yeah, that, that's the no, only thing. Uh, no, uh, it's, it's um, when it works, it's a really good system. And I do, I actually love the fact I can do stuff around the world. And I also love things like Dropbox, the fact that I can have everything accessible to me. I just need to be on the internet. And, you know, I, I'm someone that, um, I don't immediately jump onto things like using Dropbox online and stuff, but mm. um, like I do, I'm I'm all in to be honest with you. When I eventually, um, actually, like you know, in my my flat, we just put in like the uh, Hive thermostat, you know, so I can control it with my phone and stuff. Oh, I love it; it's amazing. Well, <laughs> like all all of that stuff is really good. But yeah, but we've it just got means one. You are reliant on technology. <laughs> yeah, we we've got one. Um, <laughs> this has got nothing to do with the interview, but we've got one that's called Tado. And what you do is you take your phone and you log into it, and then it knows it, it creates a geofence. So then it knows 
that no one's in the house because mm. if if it's logged to my wife and my phone and we leave and I remember Andrew messaged me one day she goes where are you where are you off to I'm like what do you mean where I'm off to she goes well Tano's just told me you you're not in the house it's like oh technology yeah. girl go away um like I've, I've taken enough of your time Dan it's such <laughs> such a pleasure even though we had a couple of interruptions um such a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, yeah, it's great I, I really do hope we can meet up in person soon and chat about yeah. Star Wars and sci-fi and and all things like that. Um, Would be and, nice. Maybe next year. You never know. Yeah. Maybe even just something small in the UK. Hopefully that will at least happen. You know. Yeah, and if not, um, we'll just have a socially distanced pint in a in a well a well uh, laid out well pub with pub. social yeah, distancing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, with, with a damn month of yeah. mask on. But um, exactly. thank. Thank it's been an absolute pleasure, Dan. Thanks for um thanks for being on the podcast. I know it's taken us a long time. Um second yeah, got, time in person. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh this will go out next week. Yeah, this will be Monday's episode. So this is going out during Adobe Max. So I'll um cool. if you are listening and you've not signed up for Adobe Max, get on there now because Dan's doing stuff. I've got a class, my mm. first year. We're actually on. I yes. like it when I like it when I'm on the same bill as friends. Like I don't care yeah. that it's Keno Reeves or, you know, Wacky, the guy that did the Thor film. So I love it when I'm on the bill with my friends. And well, I, I am really go, gutted that I'm not there in Keanu. Reeves. I know. Like, I know. You know. I mean, come on. They've got like got like the best lineup ever this year. Let's and be no honest. There. If it was in person, do you honestly think all those people would be there? No, no, <laughs> no. I do, I do not think that at all. I think they probably got given quite a bit of money to just be at home. So, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Although but, I, I'm curious, actually. I don't know. If, I don't know if they will be doing some sort of high budget show. I guess maybe they will. Actually, I don't know. They must do something. It'd be interesting yeah. to see. It's the first time. And I know everyone I've spoken to at Adobe is really excited, probably really nervous, but really excited about it because yeah. it's like most things um, without meaning to extend this any further. I think one of the cool things about online mm-hmm. events this year is I think a lot of companies have realized we can, we've got this as well. We can, yeah. we can do an online. We can do an in-person. We could do an Adobe Max in-person smaller scale 10,000 but we can also do an online event where we can get sponsors and we can get half a million people involved that and I've I've in fact a couple of events I've done this year my earnings haven't dropped I've still I mean that's great yeah yeah it's I've been part of online stuff and it's worked fine it's weird not being there I do like the interaction but I think I think that's that's what I miss as well yeah I, th- I think we'll, we'll it'll be interesting next year. We'll see how we'll see what happens. I think we'll see a mixture of both of these sort of things next year. Yeah, I think I we'll have so. some in person stuff, but it won't be what we used to have. But maybe by twenty two. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Let's let's plan for that. All right, and Dan, thank you very much, mate. And um, thank you. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yes, see you soon, Dave.